Otherwise, he would become unconscious. Quickly, frantically, he tried to slide back the hood with his left hand, but he had not the strength. For a second, he took his right hand off the stick, and with both hands, he managed to push the hood back. The rush of cold air on his face seemed to help. He had a moment of great clearness. His actions became orderly and precise. That is what happens with a good pilot. He took some quick, deep breaths from his oxygen mask, and as he did so, he looked out over the side of the cockpit. Down below there was only a vast, white sea of cloud, and he realized that he did not know where he was. It'll be the channel, he thought. I'm sure to fall in the drink. He throttled back, pulled off his helmet, undid his straps, and pushed the stick hard over to the left. The Spitfire dipped his port wing and turned smoothly over onto its back. The pilot fell out. As he fell, he opened his eyes, because he knew that he must not pass out before he had pulled the cord. On one side he saw the sun, on the other he saw the whiteness of the clouds, and as he fell, as he somersaulted in the air, the white clouds chased the sun, and the sun chased the clouds. They chased each other in a small circle, they ran faster and faster, and there was the sun, and the clouds, and the clouds, and the sun, and the clouds came nearer until suddenly there was no longer any sun but only a great whiteness. The whole world was white, and there was nothing in it. It was so white that sometimes it looked black, and after a time it was either white or black, but mostly it was white. He watched it as it turned from white to black, then back to white again, and the white stayed for a long time, but the black lasted only for a few seconds. He got into the habit of going to sleep during the white periods, of waking up just in time to see the world when it was black. The black was very quick. Sometimes it was only a flash, a flash of black lightning. The white was slow, and in the slowness of it, he always dozed off. One day, when it was white, he put out a hand and he touched something. He took it between his fingers and crumpled it. For a time he lay there, idly letting the tips of his fingers play with the thing which they had touched. Then slowly he opened his eyes, looked down at his hand and saw that he was holding something which was white. It was the edge of a sheet. He knew it was a sheet because he could see the texture of the material and the stitchings on the hem. He screwed up his eyes and opened them again quickly. This time he saw the room. He saw the bed in which he was lying. He saw the grey walls and the door and the green curtains over the window. There were some roses on the table by his bed. Then he saw the basin on the table near the roses. It was a white enamel basin, and beside it there was a small medicine glass. This is the hospital, he thought. I am in a hospital. But he could not remember anything. He lay back on his pillow, looking at the ceiling and wondering what had happened. He was gazing at the smooth greyness of the ceiling, which was so clean and grey, and then suddenly he saw a fly walking upon it. The sight of this fly... The suddenness of seeing this small black speck on a sea of grey brushed the surface of his brain, and quickly, in that second, he remembered everything. He remembered the spitfire, and he remembered the altimeter showing twenty-one thousand feet. He remembered the pushing back of the hood with both hands, and he remembered the bailing out. He remembered his leg. It seemed all right now. He looked down at the end of the bed, but he could not tell. He put one hand underneath the bedclothes and fell for his knees. He found one of them, but when he fell for the other, 
His hand touched something which was soft and covered in bandages. Just then the door opened and a nurse came in. Hello, she said. So you've waked up at last. She was not good-looking, but she was large and clean. She was between thirty and forty, and she had fair hair. More than that, he did not notice. Where am I? You're a lucky fellow. You landed in a wood near the beach. You're in Brighton. They brought you in two days ago. Now you're all fixed up. You look fine. I've lost a leg, he said. That's nothing. We'll get you another one. Now you must go to sleep. The doctor will be coming to see you in about an hour. She picked up the basin and the medicine glass and went out. But he did not sleep. He wanted to keep his eyes open because he was frightened that if he shut them again everything would go away. He lay looking at the ceiling. The fly was still there. It was very energetic. It would run forward very fast for a few inches and it would stop.